0: We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you, the ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59, or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. Unfortunately, in life, things happen that we have no control over, which is why my bump to baby works with one financial advisor and one family law solicitor in each town throughout the UK. If you have not protected your family in case the worst should happen, please, please think about it. So many families are left homeless when a loved one passes away and the spouse left behind cannot afford the mortgage or the bills. If you have not got protection, please think about it. We insure our mobile phone. We insure our household appliances. We insure our pets. Why don't we insure ourselves? Please, please, today, go to www com forward slash family protection legal and find your nearest financial advisor or family protection specialist it is so important that you are covered should the worst happen are you looking for groups and classes for your little one perhaps you're looking for pregnancy classes for yourself my bump to baby is the uk's leading pregnancy to preschool directory to find your nearest pregnancy to preschool group class lesson or service head over to www.mybumptobaby.com you can also read our reviews on the latest products days out and services Hello everybody and welcome to 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today I am speaking to an incredibly brave lady, Keisha Chadwick. Keisha has just given birth to her gorgeous, gorgeous little baby and during pregnancy, towards the end of her pregnancy, she found a lump in her breast. Um, She has since been diagnosed with breast cancer and today she wants to share her story to raise awareness on checking your breasts. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fifty Shades of Motherhood. Today, I am joined by a very, very brave lady, Keisha Chadwick. Keisha was diagnosed with breast cancer after after having her baby. And today we're going to be sharing her story um, and, and talking about her journey through pregnancy right the way to where she is now. So hello, Keisha. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about this this subject. It's very, very brave of you to do so, so thank you. Is that
1: okay? I just want to make sure people are checking the breasts more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a really important subject. And I know what I, I, I said to you before, actually, checking breasts is almost like I mean, I have, I do do it in the shower, but I, I do kind of skim over it sometimes because I'm that, I've got really bad health anxiety, you see. So I just worry so much about things that I'm almost scared to find something. And also, yeah. I did say to you when we first started talking, I didn't know how to properly check my breasts. And you sent me this, this really good diagram. So we'll put that on the link. Yeah. Um, for, for people listening but um, let's get started with a bit about you then Keisha. So how old are you Keisha? So I'm 28. Yeah and um, and you got pregnant at 28 didn't you? It wasn't a planned, planned pregnancy was it?
1: Yeah no it was it was actually um, a shock. Um, I've always said that I didn't want children and I, I was sort of just focusing on my career. I was a student nurse. So when I got pregnant, I had to decide what to do with with my university degree. Um but I did decide to continue with it throughout my pregnancy. Wow. So yeah, so because of COVID and everything, um I was doing my placements at the hospital but I had to finish at 28 weeks um just to protect myself from COVID. Oh,
0: but I yeah, still did please. all like
1: yeah so I was still doing all my online work and everything. And on the assignments.
0: So how far are you in? Well, were you into that um into that course, your degree? I was literally in my last year,
1: so I meant to qualify in January. So literally in the next couple of months, I was meant to qualify, but I had to step off.
0: So you're so so close to that and 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 that finish line. So, So when you found out you were pregnant then, were you excited or were you terrified? I was in so much shock. I didn't believe it at first. Um, But then when I'd
1: got my head around it, I was so happy and excited to say as well that I thought that I'd never wanted children. I was so happy to be pregnant. I I was really looking forward to it.
0: Oh, and, and how was your pregnancy then? Did everything kind of run smoothly? Did you find out the sex?
1: Yeah, it was my pregnancy was amazing. I loved every minute of it. Um I, I loved my bum. I absolutely loved I just loved being pregnant. Um we found out the sex, um, paid for a private scan, found out the sex, and I was so happy that I was having a girl. Aww. Um but yeah, everything went fine throughout my pregnancy. It wasn't until the last couple of weeks um, I was having like reduced movements. So I'd been going into hospital quite a few times, been monitored. Um, and then it was towards the end of my pregnancy when Milana wasn't meeting the criteria um, when they was checking me. So they decided to induce me at 39 weeks pregnant
0: that's good for going in for re- reduced movement, though, because it's easy to put in. It's easy to say to yourself, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah, they will be moving or, or putting it off, but you should always yeah. go in. So was she was she OK then when when they did that final final check, just kind of slow? So they did.
1: Yeah, it was more like so they didn't. They did a scan and they was, she wasn't getting enough blood flow from the placenta um so that that's why they thought that she was having a re- reduced movements and then they needed to induce me quite quickly um I was booked him in for induction on the Sunday and, and I'd gone in for the scan on the Saturday but they just brought it forward for Saturday night yeah. and just kept me in
0: were you nervous about the birth or you- no
1: do you know what I wasn't I was really excited like I try not to think about anything until it's actually happening. So I I'd, know I'd, I was really excited for it all just oh. from the start to finish. I was just really happy.
0: And and so the induction then, how was that for you? Well,
1: I, I didn't know what to expect. So obviously they induced me. Um, I had the first like p- possessive oh, put yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, so that was in for twenty four hours, and nothing had really changed. So then I had to have another one six hour for six hours, and another one for six hours after that. And it wasn't until the third one had gone in, my waters broke on their own. Oh wow!
0: Um,
1: so my waters broke, and my show came, and I was left with my waters broken for thirty hours before they had space for me downstairs on the delivery unit. <gasps> God, that. So is- I was literally in a bay with three other women. I was contracting and I was on my own as well because of COVID. I had nobody with me. Um, oh. And I, I was just having these contractions for 30 hours straight until they eventually came up to get me.
0: Oh my God. Did you have any any painkillers or anything during that time? I did have they did give me so
1: a paracetamol but because I was up on the labor ward and not on the delivery suite I wasn't able to have anything like gas and air or anything like that oh
0: god bless you oh my goodness yeah especially when it's your first time and you don't know what to expect yeah it's, uh, that's frightening so you had your gorgeous little baby didn't you um yeah. and then and then what happened after um that because that that wasn't smooth was it for you
1: no. So, um, once I'd managed to go down to delivery suite, I was, then I was on the hormone drip. Um, and my contractions was literally back to back every 30 seconds. I didn't have a break at all. They give me an epidural and it only worked down one side. So literally I fell every single contraction down my left hand side.
0: Oh
1: um, God! <laughs> and I was on gas and air as well. And then... Before I knew it, I was 10 centimeters. They was like, right, we're ready to push, but then I flag for sepsis. So they stopped me from pushing while they intervened, um, put on my IVs, and give me my um, antibiotics and everything. And then I was allowed to push. And I was pushing for about two and a half hours. And she just wasn't like getting through a dip. She just kept going back up. Um, so the baby had to be monitored. And then her heartbeat was dropping. Oh it's fine. Um, and then I know and eventually then I was rushed for emergency forceps. Oh goodness. So I had my emergency forceps, Milana was born but then she was taken straight away um because she needed to be treated for sepsis as well.
0: Oh god, is that how I mean just did it come from from her or did you both have it?
1: Yeah, they treated us both for sepsis. So as soon as Milana was born, they took Milana away so they could treat Milana for it and give her, her antibiotics as well, which they did through um, IV as well. Oh. Um, so she had to have a cannula in blaster. Um, and then they decided to keep us in hospital. Um while we we're both treated for the sepsis
0: oh it's frightening that like all of that happening the whole thing I think sometimes well I don't want to put anyone off that's pregnant at the moment but it is just so for some people it's a, it's quite a traumatic experience uh, yeah. having a baby especially all the things that can can kind of I think it's just a worry isn't it where they're checking the heart rate oh it's dipped yeah and you're panicking aren't you and, but you're yeah. in the right place when you're in hospital I mean you know that that's the thing so they they manage To stabilize you both, then and you were both okay, which is really good, yeah. So, after that, then what happened? Cause you got COVID, didn't you? Yeah. So I was so Milana was born on the Tuesday,
1: and on the Wednesday I started to feel unwell, and like my chest was tight and my throat was sore, and I was questioning myself, thinking, "Have I got COVID, or is it just literally because of you know from the gas and everything?" And when I was having Milana, I was put on oxygen as well, so I'm thinking, "Right, maybe I've got a sore throat from that." But then it was just like, I, do you know when you, I just knew I had COVID. I just knew from the way I felt, I, I I felt so poorly and run down. Um. So then obviously I tested positive for COVID and then I was taken to isolate on my own. So literally like, I've got this newborn baby, they've put me in a room on my own. They was, I was having to ring the bell for them to come in and they was having to put full PPE on and, it it was just horrible the first couple of days. I just wanted to go home. It was making me feel so down and depressed that I had this newborn baby and I was on my own. I didn't even have a telly in the bedroom that I was in, like nothing. You I can't... felt like a prisoner.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah, because you on your own and you can't even cuddle her. Like, you just don't know what's going on, do you? No,
1: I had a mask on because I, I didn't obviously want to pass it to the baby. So then I'm thinking, should I be holding her? Should, should I be leaving her? you know next to me and just touching her as and when I need to I I didn't know what the best thing to do
0: was oh that's good that they kept her with you though because oh gosh that that would just be awful so so Uh, oh were you quite ill with that then or
1: um it wasn't that bad I, I don't do you know what because of the sepsis and I was on the antibiotics and then I had covid I don't actually know what I felt poorly with yeah, and then I've just gone through such a long labour as well. Um, it was just, just I lost my taste, I lost my smell. It was just a cough and a constant headache, and I was just really tired.
0: Yeah, and that, and I suppose you know, after having a baby, and like you said, all of that, that could just be all linked in with the whole thing. I mean, your whole body's yeah. been through a lot there. Um, yeah. So, so d- did you manage to get home? Did you get home before the COVID was over or did you have to stay there till you were tested clear? No. So they did let me go
1: home because I was, I I kept saying to them, I can't be here on my own anymore. Like I needed to be in the comfort of my own home. Um, Even though then I had to go home and isolate on my my own for 10 days.
0: Gosh. Oh yeah. So now you've had a baby and that time where people are like coming to visit, you miss out on all of that.
1: Yeah. So it's like a dad didn't even meet her till she was five days old because <gasps> I had because we didn't live together. I had to isolate on my own
0: oh for the remaining
1: God. time from the hospital.
0: God, that's frightening, isn't it? God, yeah. your whole thing. Bless you. Well, at least at least <laughs> you got home in the end. I mean, that I know. Been, I bet you didn't <sighs> even pack
1: enough stuff. I know I had to keep getting people dropping it off to the ward for me and they couldn't even come on the ward to see me with the baby.
0: Oh bless you yeah. obviously we're we're gonna be talking about um the breast cancer side of things um yeah. so so you you found um a lump didn't you around seven to eight months pregnant, and was that from checking your breasts or how how did you find that?
1: So I, I'm, I'm one of them people that's guilty for never checking the breasts. And even to this day, I, I've still not checked my breasts and I know I should. Mm. I was, I was lay on my settee and it was just, I was watching telly and I've literally, I must have just put my, my arm down at the side of my boob and I thought, I just felt a lump. So I've obviously had a little feel and, and it was quite clear that there was an obvious lump there at the side of my boob. But obviously when I was pregnant um, your milk's due you to come in, your boobs change anyway while you're pregnant. I literally did not think anything of it. I remember texting my cousin saying, I've just found a lump. She was like, oh, probably milk. And I was like, yeah. And that was it. Didn't think nothing of it. Didn't even check it again.
0: Yeah, because your boobs, I mean, I'm pregnant at the moment and your boobs are just forever changing. Honestly, yeah. it's like just the pain. And I mean, was it a painless lump or was it just?
1: Yeah, but it didn't hurt. There was nothing, nothing hurt. It didn't hurt to touch it. Like I didn't even have any pain throughout my pregnancy and my boobs, my boobs didn't seem to grow or anything.
0: no gosh so 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 th- at that point then did you just kind of just brush it off as it probably was was something to do with with the pregnancy yeah i just easy left done. it yeah. easy done you would do wouldn't you yeah so yeah so so then um what what happened and why did you then end up kind of to, talking about that one once your little one had, had come then
1: so i had milana and my milk hadn't even come in so she was like 4 days old hmm. so I was expressing for a little bit and then literally I woke up. I've tried expressing one day and my milk was just gone. Like I didn't even get anything out of it. And I just thought, oh, that's gone quite quickly. But then I noticed that my lump was still there. And I, I really don't know why. I, I know I know you should go to the doctor's when you have a lump, mm. but I, I wouldn't. I left it till she was four weeks old to go to the doctor's. I just kept thinking, oh, it's still there. It's still there. Um so when she was four weeks, I went to the doctors. He obviously checked my breast, and he, he said, oh, you can move it, which is a good sign. It doesn't feel like it's attached to anything. And he said to me, I do think it probably is a blocked milk duct. Um, I'm going to refer you to the breast clinic anyway, just to get double checked. He said, if it is anything else, you can come back in here and shout at me. But I'm more than certain it's going to be a blocked milk
0: duct. That's what you want to hear as well, isn't yeah. it? Really. So yeah. I, be, I bet you felt more reassured then because. Yeah. I mean, it's um with uh, my little boy, he was born like seven weeks early, and my milk never ever came in, um mm. really. And um I think I think maybe because he was born so early, but I, I imagine is that is that a sign or like. Could that be a sign for having breast cancer if your milk doesn't come in or or is I it? I don't just... know. No. I honestly don't know. So so from there, your doctor referred you. How long did you have to wait for that referral then?
1: So the referral came through quite quickly. I from seeing my doctor, I was up at the hospital ten days later.
0: Right, yeah. And you at this point, I suppose, because of what your doctor said, you weren't as worried about it. No, was not bothered
1: at all. I went I went to the hospital on my own. And I didn't think anything of it. He checked me, um, drew a circle around it like they do. And then they send you downstairs for an ultrasound. Because I'm only 28, all I was having was an ultrasound. I wasn't having a mammogram or
0: anything. Why do they not do that?
1: I don't know. I think they only offer mammograms to um, women over a certain age. I think it's 50.
0: God, that's frightening, isn't it? You know, yeah. you can still have breast cancer at twenty-eight years old, but you don't get any kind of checks for it. So, 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 you just went for the ultrasound then, um, and then what was that like? Is it a bit like um a pregnancy scan, but over the yeah, moon? yeah? So they have just done an ultrasound over the area where he
1: circled, um, you could see it on the screen, and she was like, oh, it's quite light in colour. Um, which obviously could show that it is a blocked milk duct because with the lightness, it, it's probably milk. Um, so they was, t- they was telling me the exact same as what the doctor told me, it's probably a blocked milk duct. She did say, um, she said, I'll do a biopsy on you now just to make sure and we can rule it out that it isn't anything else. So again, I didn't think nothing of it. I was a little bit taken back when they wanted to do a biopsy because I, I didn't expect that they'd be doing that.
0: No, or no. they
1: need to do it.
0: Yeah, they probably. I mean, it's a good thing they did, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so at that point, then were you sent home? You'd done the biopsy, and and you were sent home as as normal.
1: Yeah, they told me to come back two weeks later for the results of it. So fast forward two weeks. I again, I didn't expect nothing because they had said about milk ducts as well. I had gone to the hospital on my own. I'd. I'd Took my baby to a nana's house to look after her, and then I drove to the hospital.
0: And and so they hadn't rang you at this point or anything like that. you've no. just been oh, right So so sometimes, like I mean, I every time I would go to the doctors, I'm like they would have rang me if it's something urgent. They would have yeah. rang me if it's something urgent. But you didn't get a call like that. So so what happened when you got in there then? So. I, I, was, I was literally, I've just gone
1: in and they've asked me to go into another room, just asked me to take my top off again, just to have another check. And I thought, I, I just thought, oh, this must be normal. And then he's, he's checked me and he said, right, just get dressed and then come out and come into the other room. So I've gone out. And when it, I'm it, looking back now, it's such a strange feeling because I could see people looking at me, you know, like the nurses and the staff that works there. Mm. And I was thinking, why are they looking at me? And I thought, are they looking at what I'm wearing, like my mm. hair, like what they're looking at me for? And then I sat down in this room, and I'm just sat there smiling away. And the doctor's come in, and he's just introduced the nurse as well. And it, so even even at this point, I have not thought anything of it. Nice. Um and it was literally until he said to me, We've got your biopsy results back and it's cancer.
0: Oh God, honestly, it sent a shiver down my <laughs> back, that is awful. Um what what was your initial reaction?
1: I, I I said to him, I was like, You're lying. I know you're lying. And then I could it was the look on the faces. They just looked so sad. Like the doctor even said to me, he said, I'm really, really shocked that I'm telling you this news because you have just had a recent you know, you've just had a baby. There's no history at all of breast cancer in my family. And I was saying, I'm 28 years old. He was like, I know. We said, that's why we're really, really shocked. And then I just broke down crying and, and I just didn't realize I, I couldn't take in what they were saying.
0: I mean, I don't blame you because when you hear the C word, the dreaded C word, you yeah. just think the worst, don't you? Like, I imagine, like, the worst came into your head. Well, it would make... Well, I... that's
1: what I was saying to oh. him. I was saying to him, am I going to die? Am I going to die? Please tell me. I, I need to know. Am I going to die? But because I was on my own, I couldn't take it. anything in what they were saying to me anyway.
0: God, yeah. Oh, my God. You'd have just... Oh, it's awful, I can't even honestly, it makes me so sad thinking that you had to go through that on your on your own as well, like that whole thing so so what happened that day? Did they kind of put plans in place, or what was the next step from there then?
1: Well, it was on a Friday that they told me, and because I was so in like i wasn't in denial, I was just so shocked, and i didn't. I never, ever expected to hear that word. And I just said to him, I'm sorry. I said, I can't take this in. I need to go home. My mum was on holiday. So I have rang my mum while I was in the room and she was like, right, right. I'm going to get the next flight back. Um, And I've I've stayed at my cousin's house that weekend. But because I just thought breast cancer was breast cancer, I didn't know there were different types of cancer in your breasts. So I've just left and I've not had any information off him at all. So they did tell me they was going to ring me back on the Monday and go through everything with me when I was sat with somebody to take it all in properly. So from Friday to Monday, it literally, I had in my head, I was going to die. I didn't know what type of cancer I had. I didn't know what treatment was available for me. Mm. I didn't know what happened. It was going to happen. It just felt like it was the longest weekend of my life.
0: Oh, it sounds awful, and there are so many successful stories, but unfortunately, like you know, the the main ones that make it like out there, you know, uh, t- that people read are are the scary, scary yeah. ones, aren't they? So that's what you're probably used to seeing a lot of the time, and so, so, oh god, I bet, I bet you just struggle even to bloody function, really, that whole weekend.
1: I did. I literally, I think, I cried for like the full weekend straight, like. I'd just be I'd be waking up in the middle of the night and I'd just break down crying I'd be looking at Milana thinking oh my gosh like this is meant to be the happiest time in my life and I've just been told I've got cancer with a seven-week-old baby
0: oh god god so so Monday came around then um and and what happened when they phoned you then
1: so she she phoned me, the Matt Miller nurse. Um she explained to me what, what had come back from the biopsy. Um she told me what cancer it was that I had, it was a triple negative, and she explained that we're probably be looking at doing chemo um surgery and radiotherapy as well. Um I didn't know we didn't know what order at this point, so they'd literally got me back in. Um, to do more tests which was obviously more ultrasounds um, because I had been diagnosed with cancer that's why I then I was able to do a mammogram on me yeah. and literally the same day on Monday um, I was referred straight over to the fertility clinic to get my fertility treatment started straight away so I could start my chemo straight after that.
0: Can you just explain a bit about why um you have fertility um treatment? Because I don't I think I suppose people might think, well, it's in your breast. Why why do you have to kind of go for fertility treatment? So what, what does that
1: mean? Mm. So they said to me um with the chemo, there's um a chance that it can leave you infertile. Oh. Um obviously because of my age and only having the one child, they give me the option of doing like the IVF fertility treatment. So I went to St. Mary's Hospital where I'd, I started that process where I had to inject myself twice a day for 10 days. And then after that, I'd had a scan to check if my eggs was ready. And yeah. then they operated to remove the eggs.
0: Gosh, so soon as well after you've just had a baby. So I bet you, oh, bless you. So, so um, had your period started as normal then as well by by this point? I'd,
1: I'd only had one
0: period. Yeah, Oh, goodness. So so um, what happened um, at the ultrasound then from from there? Did they were they able to tell you more about like how your cancer was or whether it was anywhere else or did they? Did, what did they do?
1: So they did the ultrasound and they just looked at the area again um the lump that I had got the size of it and then I went round to have a mammogram the same day the mammograms are more it's like an x-ray of your boobs so it's more in depth when I, when they did the mammogram um there was two other areas um of cancerous cells that they found that hadn't have been picked up on the ultrasound because they were so deep in my breast There was only picked up from the mammogram um, mm. and, and I could see him, I could see him like looking and, you know, sort of discussing this. And because at the time I just wanted to know what was going on and and I, I could tell by the face that they found something else. I made them tell me there, And then I said, look, I said, it's not fair. And I want to know what it is. So we actually was, it was really nice. And they got it up on the screen and they showed, they showed me the other areas in the breast mm. that had come yeah. up on the mammogram. Oh.
0: Gosh, because I bet it just feels like you're just getting one blooming hit after another at this point.
1: Yeah, well, then after that, they, they took me back round then to do another ultrasound because they wanted to see if it had spread to my lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. Um, So when they did the ultrasound, they said, right, your lymph nodes are swollen, so we're going to have to do a biopsy on them as well. Oh, and straight away, straight away, I was just like, right, it's in my lymph nodes, it's in my lymph nodes. So... They took a biopsy of my lymph nodes and altogether I ended up having 10 biopsies altogether from, from my breast to my lymph nodes. So my breast was like, oh, it was black and blue. Oh, it was God. awful.
0: Oh, it sounds it. And then and then with the lymph nodes ones, did that come back straight away or did you get have no. to wait for that? Uh, I
1: had to wait a week then oh, for them God. results to come back. So the results come back. They confirmed the other two areas of my breast was cancer. And luckily, thank God, the lymph, it hadn't spread to lymph nodes. They were just swollen due to the biopsies that I'd had um, the two weeks previous.
0: Wow. So at this point they knew it was just in the breast then, the cancer. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh God! Not that that's not that that's any consolation. No. Because that's <laughs> but it's um. Oh God! Your mind must have been going absolutely crazy at this point. Ah, so awful. did they? Did they make a plan with you there and then? Then about what what happens next? So I was then referred for a CT scan
1: of my body to check that it hadn't it hadn't spread to any other organs in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I had to wait another week for that to come back. But in this time frame, in this week, they, they had to come up with a plan. I'd met my oncologist, um, which they decided to do chemo first. I start my chemo tomorrow. So my oncologist told me that my CT scanner's come back negative and it hadn't spread anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I bet you were so happy when that came back, but still. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you know what? It was so strange because even
1: though I've still got cancer, I felt like I was, cel- I was celebrating because it hadn't gone anywhere else in my body
0: I know what you mean because you must just get used to the idea of right I've got it and then you think the worst and then yeah and then that oh god I mean it's awful that you're having to go through this at 28 years old to be honest with you it's, it's so bad so at the moment you're kind of waiting for your chemo aren't you starting that tomorrow
1: yeah I start my chemo tomorrow um I had My blood's done today and my injection, which is um, basically an injection in my tummy, um, which will shut my ovaries down. So it'll give me a better chance of, um, you know, trying to be fertile after my chemo. Mm. So it sort of like puts you into menopause um, while you're having your chemo. Um, I'll start my chemo tomorrow which will be every week for nine weeks and then the second lot of nine weeks will then be a different kind of chemo um, every three weeks so overall it'll be around 18 weeks that I'm having my chemo for Um, and then after that I will be having my breasts removed.
0: Right yeah god it's so much to think about isn't it? yeah oh, they don't feel like it's real like it's
1: just a strange feeling
0: yeah I can imagine it's just oh I bet like you said before it's like like you're talking about someone else sometimes because yeah. you just don't think this could ever happen to you do you
1: it's like since finding out I had it, I haven't been able to like cry like I don't sit there I can't cry I don't feel sad about it because at the end of the day I've got cancer like there's nothing I can do about having this diagnosis apart from having my chemo and having my surgery to to beat it and get it out of my body mm,
0: yeah and and now you've got actions in place that it's hopefully going to do that and, and they've caught it I mean you you're lucky in a sense considering I mean I say you're lucky you're not you're 28 years old and, and you've got this but I mean in the sense that you know it's something can be done you know yeah after, um and and the, and that's it but but I mean as for your uni and everything that's now completely on hold isn't it
1: yeah so I won't be able to return to university till 2023 and I've got to do the full year again even though I only had like four months left
0: oh it's so unfair and Um, and and money wise I mean did you have any insurance or anything like that in place or for this kind of thing
1: no, enough, I, you no, you don't. I don't. You don't expect anything like this to happen, do you? Like, no. I've I've had to stop university where I was getting an income of my student loan, which now I'm not able to get. So on top of obviously having a diagnosis worry, you then have money on top of it
0: oh, that you, you're worrying
1: about, thinking, how am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I oh. going to pay my bills every month? yeah
0: of course of course because you know these are these are things a lot of people look oh I'll start I'll get life insurance or something once my baby's born or whatever but I mean all of this I mean you've just been kind of had a baby and everything thrown at you at what in one go haven't you really I
1: know well I'm hoping now because with with me having like sepsis COVID and now cancer they say it comes in in threes so I'm (laughs) hoping this is the last
0: you know that had
1: happened to me, really. Yes,
0: definitely. And you know, just you sharing your story is such a brave thing to do. Um, so so tell me a bit about what your friends are doing for you because I'm sure there's people listening that would love to support you in any way they can as well for sharing your story.
1: Yeah, so this Saturday, the 25th of September, um, my friends are doing a sponsored walk from Teamside Hospital at the Macmillan Unit. Where obviously my journey started, I've been diagnosed, and they walk into Christie's Hospital in Manchester, uh, where I'll be starting my chemo tomorrow, and then they walk in back again. Oh um, wow! Oh, bless so, them. I know it's it's gonna be. They're gonna be walking for about seven or eight hours. Um. So they they yeah they've got that in place to to happen on Saturday.
0: Oh, amazing! And so they're raising money for you, so that you don't have to worry about your finances during this time, and you can actually, you know, have have a normal life during this time, I guess, without worrying. Yeah, it's just to try and make it a little bit
1: more easier for me. Um, obviously, so I can buy myself a, a wig, um, because they're not cheap either. Um and as a as a young girl, I mean, it is it's it's a hard thing the thought of having to lose your hair.
0: You know, that that's the thing. You you know, we all, you know, worry about our hair and stuff like that. And these are all things that you're gonna have to go through. I'm not meaning to make you feel even worse, but do you know what I mean? It's
1: Yeah. I mean, I said this to my friend yesterday, like I'm so fixated at the moment on starting my chemo and, you know, losing my hair. I've not even thought yet about I'm not going to have any boobs like Mm. I've got to have my boob removed yet and I've not I've not even thought about that bit yet
0: I think it's just one thing at a time isn't it at the moment yeah I mean you've got a lot in front of you but hopefully you know very soon you'll be at the other side of this and and Mm. you know but I think what you said earlier about not thinking about things till they actually come round is probably a good good way to be really yeah so so what we'll do is I'll put the link um in the comments um to the GoFundMe page um if you can send that through to me and then yeah. um, and um perhaps we can have an update on where you're up to maybe maybe in the new year once everything's once everything's done and finished with when when do you think that will be so I do
1: think I think my chemo, if it all goes to plan, obviously with your blood's being taken every week, they need to keep an eye on like your white blood cells and everything. So hopefully if I don't get delayed um with any of my chemo treatment, I should be finished by the end of January.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and then I'll have like a four to six week break before they do my surgery.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just to get your strength up again and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, um, so Hopefully, I'm. I'm hoping. Then, with me having my full breast removed, I wouldn't need radiotherapy at the end. But that is still an option that I might need to to do at the end of of everything.
0: And and how's your little girl now? How old is she now?
1: She's twelve weeks today.
0: My <laughs> goodness, you've been all through all of that in such a short amount of time.
1: I know it's crazy. Oh,
0: I just want to give you a big hug, <laughs> um, but. Oh, she's so, she's 12 weeks. How is she? I bet she oh, keeps she's
1: you, amazing.
0: Oh, Bet she's keeping Absolutely. you
1: busy. Oh, she's just the best thing ever to happen. Like, I just, I just look at her and she just makes me so happy.
0: Oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh, she's so cute. So yeah, no, <laughs> thank you so much um, for sharing your story. It's such a brave thing to do such a brave thing to do i don't think i i could do that it's um but thank you so much and and in regards to people checking the breasts really that that's what mm. we want people to be doing as well don't yeah we? so anyone yeah. listening to this please please check check your breasts
1: yeah absolutely um, and we'll
0: put a diagram on um and everything and hopefully we can catch up soon anyway and and you'll be on all the, all the other side of this and and back to yeah. uni before you know it
1: yeah hopefully it goes fast for me and then I'll look back and it'll just be a just be a part of my life that I can get over
0: yeah just a chapter in your book yeah and it's closed Yeah. yeah no exactly well thank you so much for sharing your story today no problem thank you Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. 50 Shades of Motherhood is all about being free, being real, being raw and saying what you want to say without fear of judgment. So if you have enjoyed today's episode please please share it with your friends you never know who it might help not everyone is so open about sharing their stories so it's really important to raise awareness around topics so that it can help other people uh, feel less alone and also if you don't mind reviewing us and subscribing that would be amazing it means the more listeners we have the more podcasts that I can create so thank you once again for listening if you want to make any suggestions for future episodes please pop me an email over my email address is carla at my baby.com and i look forward to speaking to you next time on 50 shades of motherhood We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you, the ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.